All right, so it's Todd Atkins, and I'm back with another episode of the MMA Conspiracy Hour. And we call this one a failure to disclose. And the reason we called it that is because we kind of uh, dived a little deeper into the issue of fighters not disclosing injuries. I know we had talked about uh, gambling issues related to that, but this was more um, fighters not disclosing injuries and also the recent um, suspension of Alir Latifi for not disclosing a staph infection. So it was kind of like maybe the first time that I can remember that we've seen the suspension involved when someone didn't disclose an injury. You know, even TJ Dillashaw didn't get suspended. So it's interesting to see uh, if that might become a trend or if that's something that uh, fighters might experience more if they don't disclose something, whether it be a staph infection or an actual injury. Um, But in a lot of cases, fighters have to fight because they need the check. So they try to disclose these injuries because of that. So um, this is something that we uh, dived into from those angles. Uh, So this is, again, uh, me with uh, Mike Davis and Miguel Iterati of the Lights Out Podcast. Take care. All right, so this is Todd Atkins, and we're back with another episode of the MMA Conspiracy Hour. I'm here with Mike Davis and Miguel Iterati of the Lights Out Podcast, the best MMA history podcast hands down. And today we're going to discuss failure to disclose. Um, TJ Dillashaw, Derek Minner, Amir Latifi all failed to disclose certain things going into fights. And we're going to talk about that. I'm going to let Miguel start this time. Yeah, you know, you got TJ Dillashaw coming out, you know, and it always comes back to it sounds like an excuse, right? It's like, yeah, I popped my shoulder out a few times in front. You know, that's why I lost the fight. So that that may be where it comes from in the post-fight speeches and stuff. But it's very revealing, and he's the biggest case, you know. Derek Minner may have walked into a fight he didn't intend to win, depending on what, you know, whose side you believe in a story about betting. And uh, Latifi had staph infection that he didn't disclose, which I don't know if he can give it to his opponent or, you know, you, you run – there's a lot of risks with this this type of stuff going on. And, um, you know, technically, you might be in breach of your contract with the UFC for going in there like that, not 100% prepared, in which case you'd be open to fraud charges. Now, that might be extreme, but, I, you know, if the lawyer, you know, I know that the paychecks for the UFC lawyers are extreme. So if they had a matching strategy, that 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 could be, you know, part of, 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 of the way they attack these guys. And I do think Latifi got a three-month suspension. Staff, you know, Mike Mike is uh, – I'm going to bounce it to Mike because, you know, staff may, means he would have canceled his fight, maybe moved it out another six months. And, you know, what 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 does that happen? You know, each fighter has got to deal with that on a financial bet. Mike? All right. So there's three different situations here. Obviously, TJ Dillashaw the shoulder. Minard the foot and James Krause. That's kind of like the big tagline and Latifi being sick <clears throat> on the surface level, the simpletons would say, Oh, it's just three different situations. And that James Krause gambling situation. Wow. You know, that's just incredible. Though that's not the, the headline that you'd be reading here. What this amazing MMA journalist that, we're all subject to what they should reporting is one thing. None of these fighters probably have insurance. Now I'm saying probably because I don't know these three, but 
the belief, I shouldn't say not care. Let me, let me rephrase this. The likelihood of all three of them having insurance is probably pretty low, especially if you're on a minimum pay scale like Minard. So now Minard's coming into this fight. He's got a bum foot and he needs surgery on it. So now he discloses it to the UFC. Hey, you know, I got foot problems. I heard it in, in, in training. Who pays for his surgery? His employer doesn't. So now he's stuck having to pay for his own surgery and he doesn't have insurance. So now here's his other option. Save up money, go back to work, stop training, pay for your surgery, and then go back to the UFC or take a loss in the UFC, have their insurance cover your injury and, you know, regroup, hope you don't get cut and move forward. That's Minard's situation. Now, you can sit here and say, well, James Krause, James Krause, what he may or may may not have known, that has nothing to do with anything. The fact is, you've got a guy that's subject to USADA testing, completely different topic within itself, having to report everywhere he goes, doesn't have insurance through the company because he's an independent contractor. And now they're going to sit here and go, well, you know, there was a swing on the bets and the numbers. Well, all of his friends and family knew about it. I mean, his training partners as well. Latifi, here, you know what? You're going to miss out on another payday. You know that payday that you missed in Columbus when your fight got canceled day of? I know we gave you your show money, but yeah, you know, these these people, they, they can't afford to miss too many fights because they're living check to check. Dillashaw just took a couple of years off. Do you think he can take another year off and pay for his surgery? He went in there having the UFC pay for his surgery and dropped the title fight. I mean, he pretty much said, I couldn't wait another year. It, it comes down to pay scale and money. You know, it's not gambling sensation, guy going in there, risking his health even more because he was hurt, or Minner maybe throwing money against himself and going out in the first round. No, it's about guys not being able to pay their bills. If you listen to our Gray Maynard interview on the Lights Out podcast, the reoccurring theme is him taking fights he shouldn't have taken because he wasn't making enough money, but he had to pay the bills. All three of those people are in that same category. And it's more of a, a black eye on the UFC, in my opinion, than it is on the sport and the actions of the people that, that were involved in it. Yeah, May Maynard's a real black eye on them because if I, you know, if I remember the main story that he said is, he's he's heading into one of the Edgar fights, not the first one, so like, He's already fought for a world title. He's heading into this big, big, big fight. But recovering off the last fight, he got 50% of his pay because he took a loss or however it worked. He didn't have the money, so he was dabbling in real estate. And he had a house purchased, but he was counting on some of the money coming in to finish the deal. I don't remember the complications of it, but you see how he's working a second job and on top of the UFC, this, that is a circumstance that's almost impossible to, to, to handle or almost impossible to deal with unless they're actually going to come in and go, oh, here, you know, here's a couple hundred thousand in the bank for you. you know, take it easy on that side job and, and go ahead and, you know, work on the fighting. So that's the most difficult of all situations, especially when you consider how hardworking Gray Maynard was. He was going into a title fight and he's not making enough that he has to make other side deals. Kind of sad. With the injured guys, this is a point I always come back to. You're you're in a conflict situation here between the UFC and the fighters. You know, many times the fighter might might even call them up 
and uh, you know, softly tell the you know, softly start the conversation. Oh, I sprained my ankle in training. Hey, the matchmaker's response to that is, "You do this fight, or you'll sit for a year." Yep. Which you know, we've heard quotes of that nature from them. They push people into fights. And and Jamie Varner, our last interview, Jamie Varner that airs on Monday said that. If 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 that happens, you know, repeatedly, you know, that's a real problem too. Because then they, there's no atmosphere for them to go ahead and call them. So I think that the UFC, and because the contract is between the UFC and the fighters, they're adversarial in this, and they're not, but you're leaving it for them to police themselves. This is an excellent spot for the commission commission doctors to actually do what doctors do, is examine the fighters to the point where something like D, uh, Dillashaw's shoulder should come up in an examination. Like a real, you know, vigorous physical examination, like they're going to go into a vigorous contest. So do more than just check off paperwork and you know listen to their their vitals, and 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 that's what they do now, you know. But somebody could have noticed that the shoulder was not operating the way. You know, ask him to do this. You know, I mean, he wouldn't be able to do that if it's been separated twenty times in the last month. You you would notice a little bit of a lag, a little bit of something. A doctor doing their job. The commission doing their job of approving this stuff, but the commissions are just there to count out to the you know to the money and the promoters and grab their fees and suspend enough fighters that they can say we're doing our job. But actual work of of this nature, you know, they don't do that. And it's I I so I think the solution is is have the commissions and the commission doctors have a real doctor patient relationship with the fighters, not fill out paperwork. Yeah, I mean, even through Zoom, even if it means through Zoom and conversations. Yeah, yeah. And in addition to that, if the fighter were still to navigate through this and go into a fight and then, you know, slip up in the interview and go, yeah, I tore my ACL bike riding six weeks ago. And, uh, you know, the UFC may still not want to pay for their surgery, you know, and the circumstances could still happen. It could still be there. But if the doctors were really involved in an examination and the fighter fooled the doctor, as well, then that's even a stronger case for fraud and to police this type this type of way. So I, you know, because now to fool the commission now is really not very difficult. I'm sure millions of every fighter has thought about it, or you know, and many have gotten away with it. And you know, we know the UFC doesn't really care; they want to push the fight through. So just the whole atmosphere needs to change, and the doctors are front line to me. We did see a suspension with Latifi, though, and I don't recall seeing that in other cases. Do you think we see that more? I think the Latifi suspension is preparation for what Dillashaw is going to get. Because I yeah, think Dillashaw. Gonna, yeah, I think yeah. Dillashaw is going to be the, the test case. And again, the, the, the reason for this is, and, and we mentioned it in another podcast, is something else people should get used to putting out in public. We we're talking about the UFC and how publicly they'll they'll even admit, oh, you know, how many Twitter followers and Instagram followers the fighters have is very important for how we push them. The number that they don't tell you behind the scenes that is much more important that they look at is the amount of action that comes in at the books for each fighter. When, when that comes, and Dillashaw will have moved the needle. It's a title fight. It's against a big, you know, a big name as well. 
that fight moves the needle. Now they've got gamblers that they have to explain to. You know, somebody, what if somebody put a million dollars on Dillashaw? That's a personal phone call to Dana. Dana probably knows those guys, you know? he And he, he calls them up and goes, man, I put a million bucks on him. I thought we were going to have a fight. And then here's the kid in the post-fight interview saying, he wouldn't even, you know, he separated his shoulder 20 times. How can you let him fight? You know, they, they, so when they maybe deal with customers of, of those guys like that, you don't even see that. All right. Can I counter? Would you allow me yeah. to counter? Okay. You had mentioned what Dillashaw's got coming. All right. That's what you said. Initially, I agreed with that. Now I don't. And the reason is because Dillashaw told the referee. Dillashaw told the referee in the pre-fight meeting before he went out there. So technically, now if I'm, you know, the manager, coach, I'm, I'm the Matt Hume of that organization, I'm going, no, we did disclose it. You didn't do your job. The referee never kicked it up. Not our fault. You know, we let, you know, we were going to keep it secret. We had a call to arms. We had, you know, we, we just well, thought maybe we should do the right thing. He, get, he scot free. No, I don't think so because again, if you trace it, I think, I think we're both right. I think you're absolutely right that it maybe even Dillashaw is going to say that'll be his defense. I told the ref, but it's a good one. Day, the ref is an employee of the commission. He's not an employee of the UFC, so he's with the yeah. commission. And again, so he should bounce it to the doctors. Hey, okay. examine this yeah. guy or examine this guy again. There's okay, the, so the failure is strictly with the commission. Okay. The UFC is so not a problem here. Let me ask you the second part of my question. So, you know, my defense, Todd, you know, the criminal mind that you, that you have to have in order to kind of get out of the situations that you intentionally put yourself in. He says, no, I disclosed it to the commission. Now let's just pretend you're the UFC. And you got a referee that goes, the main event just disclosed to me that his shoulder separated. A doctor needs to go look at him. And an hour and a half before the event, they scratch it because he failed his physical. You know, because the doctors checked it. What kind of doghouse do you think that referee would be in? Yeah, that that's a problem. Is the accountability of the, of those the people? He's hard. We can't get fights by him. All that stuff comes into play. The commission still should be a completely neutral body that doesn't say, "Well, this fight." You know, there's precedent for this in boxing. Only at one of the biggest fights of all time, which was Mayweather-Pacquiao. Pacquiao, after the fight, when he didn't look as great or, you know, and, and took a loss, said, hey, I went in there with, a, with an injury. And a lot of people freaked out. And yeah. Oh, furious. Furious. And, and, and I can't believe, you know, I can't, I don't care what number Dillashaw pulls or whatever that title fight pulls. It ain't approaching Pacquiao and Mayweather money. So, you know, at the end of the day, I don't know how these things get solved. With some of that big-time gambling stuff, it's behind the scenes. Maybe they're going to have to return bets. You know, at the end, at the end, if, if, if houses have to return bets, those are the kinds of things that, that become a little bit of a black eye, I think. So I don't know how that all works out. But if Dillashaw is the cause of that and the cause of enough stress, that could be where it's coming from is from the gamblers. If you bet any money on Dillashaw, you have to be pissed. Hmm. Todd? All right, this is Todd Atkins, and again, I'm signing off with Mike Davis and Miguel Adorati from the Lights Out podcast. Check it out on YouTube and Spotify. And until the next time, take care.
Okay, so I highly encourage you to check out the Lights Out podcast, which is L-Y-T-E-S out. So one word, Lights Out podcast on YouTube, which uh, my uh, uh, partners in this uh, MMA Conspiracy Hour show, which is Mike Davis, the MMA detective, and Miguel Iterati, veteran matchmaker. They both run that show with uh, Chris Lights Out Lytle. And I would say it's hands down by a mile, by a wide margin, the best MMA history podcast there is out there. There's like nothing else that is doing it or even coming close to doing what they're doing. So I highly encourage you to check that. That's the Lights Out podcast on YouTube. And they also uh, upload a audio podcast to Spotify. And as always, you can follow my show, which is uh, at the underscore Todd underscore Atkins underscore show on uh, Instagram. And please follow my YouTube channel, which is a Todd Atkins show. And as always, I appreciate the support and take care till next time.